So again, thank you for helping us both by participating, studying, uh, meditating, Sangha, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the three jewels, very important. Each one is very important. Continue to help us if you can. Concepts rule when you when you grasp on your thoughts and ideas, uh, emotion, emotional dynamics that are reinforced by that that structure, that warp and woof of uh, I like it, I, lo I don't like it, it's good, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that way. Why is this happening? Where is this happening? Who is this? Who am I? What am I doing? Is this really working? On and on, questioning, 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 not even waiting for an answer particularly. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the con conceptual area is just constantly answering everything. Well, it's because of this. It's because of, well, if she hadn't, then I wouldn't have. Built all kinds of little tiny, uh, you could say, little building blocks. And they are, because there's so many of them. As we were driving in this morning, we we're looking at all these incredible leaves, all the different shades of uh, death. Don't get, get much of a warning other than you start to turn orange <laughs> and you fall off your limb. But you can't even just just in your vision, you cannot count, you cannot count the number of separate situations, a leaf, a bug, a bird, a dog, a cat, a human being, you cannot count how many of them are right in front of you all the time. And they're not separate, but they certainly look separate. It's interesting when we look at a tree, we just see a tree. But if we look closely, we see lots of leaves, branches, differentiation, differentiation. And then the desire around that to get part of it, keep away another part of it. This is what the human mind is doing. That's why we have, that's why we're so brilliant. That's why we're able to build anti-gravity machines. Have we done that yet? You don't know? Aren't you Google? Well, we're coming pretty close to that kind of thing. So what is being emphasized, as I said earlier, same talk over and over, watch the movement. See, how can I say this? How can we say this? Watch the movement as you're walking from the kitchen to the whatever, if you have a dining room. Just watch the movement of the mind around any particular story that's possibly arising, and there probably is one. It may be something uh, like, uh, where did I put my pen or my glasses? Maybe something like that. But notice the, the kind of argumentative nature that the consciousness has of wanting to be in control, wanting to know relatively what's happening. I could say it this way, we sacrifice the incredible spaciousness of our world by closing down on a self that wants that, or somebody identified with this body-mind complex that doesn't need this, but needs more of that. Constant stories going on, reinforcing. Interestingly, they're probably relatively true. We, can, we actually have proof. You could take it to court, maybe. You could take it to court. Good could take a lot of things, a lot of things would hold up, well, they did this, therefore, we get caught in that circular loop that looks so reasonable, so logical, so rational. 
so fair. So it is a it's like a wall of concepts. It's it's the initial situation as it first arises is pretty clear. It's open, it's spacious, and then we immediately start adding on. We start throwing pepper and salt on everything, so we can't really taste what's right in front of us and as it actually is. We want to put some mental condiments on it to keep it from being too close, keep its distance. It's a little salty, but I like it that way. A constant chatter, albeit on a very low level. You cannot find no self. Why? Because there isn't one. You can't find the experience of no self will not be an experience. It couldn't be. So when you, if you get that far in where you're actually looking for no self, you probably will come right back into a self, which is still unreal. If you're a strong meditator, if you're meditating every day, when I say meditate, I'm saying the way I teach this, the way I talk about it, Maybe different than what you do, and I'm not here to change you into some other style. My understanding is hold still, sit symmetrical, and watch the movement of the mind come and go, come and go, or go and not come back for a while, or then we fall asleep, and then we get entrained into some kind of a conversation with someone in our mind, our idea of someone and what they might say if we said this or that. Just observe that. Don't stop anything. Don't fluff anything up. And don't shut down. Those are the three poisons. Don't turn away, distract yourself into something else. But if you do any of those three, then you're still a meditator. You're still meditating. Then just observe yourself doing that. Don't interfere with what the mind is doing by saying, well, I shouldn't be. And if you say I shouldn't be, then you don't go back into saying, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, shouldn't. I shouldn't say shouldn't, but it's just a, quite a mess. It can be. The important thing there, as I see it, you may see it differently, people do, is however this, however this feels, the emotional part of it actually is, is, is very difficult for the conceptual mind, the thinking mind, the processing mind, the anal analytical mind, the logical mind to cover up the emotional dynamic. But when the emotional dynamic ha is, is in the service of belief in a separate self who's having the emotion, what do we have? We have confusion. We have circularity. We have right and wrong and up and down. We have our entire culture, our society, different forms of it. It's a little bit different in Japan or in China or in Tehran. You go on and on as you already know about this. has to be seen. And when I say that, uh, I want to make sure that I also say that if you see it, and I don't know how else to say this, if you have questions in this area, come and get me. Let's do this together. But if you see this, you won't know it. Because the very nature of seeing is without a self, of actually of wisdom. If there's anyone there, the wise guy, the wise woman, if there's something imputed that it must, if, if I'm knowing something, I'm seeing something, there must be somebody. No, it's better than that. And it's worse than that. It's better than that because you're liberated. It's worse than that because 
Don't feel like it. This is why we have something like the, the vow to be with all things, or the vow to save all beings. That's why it's just uh, somebody understood this a long time ago and could see that this would be uh, an impediment. Is that correct word? Impediment or is it impediment? Peter Ped. Peter Ped. Peter Pan. Not Peter Pan. The seeing is without us, anyone seeing it. It takes a while. If you have some questions, please uh, bring them up. If not, I'll continue to talk. Jokido, <coughs> go ahead. I can see her reaching forward. That's all I know. She's about to ask a question. I was still trying to formulate a question, but it's around whether having seen through self and not knowing it because there's no one who sees through self, is that a conclusion one might come to later? I don't know. My later has not run out yet. Is yours? Interesting way to ask about it later. The, the later is gone. The before is gone. So there and there is no persona. So therefore, that so-called area of consciousness may appear outrageous. May appear correct in some ways and completely off the mark in other areas. More, please keep coming. If um, one sees through self but hasn't seen through other, is that not yet liberation? Not yet, which implies later, <laughs> which we're right back to the same circularity. But again, this is very important. It's so very simple. It's very, very important. It is important to see the circularity without stopping it without getting rid of it, without using that as a, well, I see that I'm being circular, without using that as a justification to reinforce the very wise ego that is about to attain realization. It's, it's as I said, it's worse than that. It's you, everything is coming apart and it is not comfortable at all. And so the only reference point that, maybe it's not the only one, I'm sure there are maybe hundreds, dozens more anyway, but is come back to the first noble truth. Life is suffering. If you're alive, you're going to suffer. Yogodo. Yogodo Bowing. How do we stop um, looking for signs without just ignoring things? Just notice that you're looking for signs. It's always about awareness. It's ne never about a success at doing this. I finally stopped looking for signs. Or so just be aware. If you're aware that you're looking for signs, if you're aware of the suffering, if you're aware of the of the activity of the mind that seems to be very, very confusing and is looking for someone who is confused, just look at the confusion. Just just observe. Just be my other another way I've said this is just 
be the be whatever it is you're trying to get rid of so that you have a, uh, a intimate relationship with with your emotions and your feelings very very difficult Andy if the mind never stops throwing out throwing up concepts how do you see beyond the concepts you just have to see the concept the concept is beyond seeing the concept is seeing beyond it's when we grasp the concept or reject the concept or ignore the concept that we start to think everything starts to spin in some kind of a relative reality of up and down back and forth right and wrong night and day life and death relative truth we start to buy into that we get caught on that it's like you you came to the carnival and you were just going to watch but instead the next thing you know you're on the tilde world you don't know how you got on you don't know who bought your ticket but there you are you know what a tilde world is it has a shell like little and they go up and they and they go down that's where your stomach starts to get you know and then it comes back up and it's a little bit better and back down again uh, you feel on it or you do you like rides i like rides <laughs> okay <laughs> i lost that one i guess <laughs> why don't you get sick no no okay well that's why <laughs> like it's entertainment for you further question andy rowing um, but if if the concepts are a cover up, and I don't know where I'm going with this, lost it. Okay. Yeah. Shoto. Shoto bowing. Um, when things are falling apart, and it looks like, at least for me, that. I'm less able to stop outflowing like the protection is falling down. What is it to be kind when that's happening? You could start by keeping your mouth shut. If you feel like you're going to be spitting on people, don't say anything. So it's the intention to be kind, not the success story. There, there will be no success story. If there is, we're right back to a high level of relative truth that looks absolute because we're we're kind of we kind of see that we don't outflow like our partner does or we're a little bit more advanced than someone else this is what do, what do i want to call it baloney it's just not true it's painful to see that and and it's also pain painful to realize that we that may never go away that we may may continue to feel confused forever more Um, might we continue to outflow forever? Yes, but that's an advanced teaching. <laughs> and you're not advanced yet, so I'm not going to give you that one. I guess I already did. Didn't I? When I say, what am I saying? I'm being a little silly, but it, it's, it, it takes a lot of sitting practice. To see that you you never had to never you never had to leave to go somewhere else. It was always right here. It was it was right in your face all the time, and you kept or me or any of us keep looking for something else, something else, something else. Most of the world is doing this. Have you met people in the rest of the world? 
few of them. Notice that. Looking for something, looking, looking, trying to find, trying to improve, trying to not outflow on others. More. Sure, it's not a clear question, but something in the area of permission, it looks like I have a misunderstanding about that or that I don't have permission to be an asshole. Um, is that a misunderstanding? You're going to have to paraphrase that a little bit. Otherwise, I'm going to get wound up in the same thing you're asking about. Just an example. One time you told me that, like, you're the teacher, so you, you can blow your stack, but I can't. Yeah, that's true. And I see myself continuing to blow my stack, so it looks like it's I'm just awareness. Just, just be aware. Be aware. Just be aware of it. They're, 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 you don't have to get rid of, uh, of uh, an imaginary self. It's unreal. You just have to see that there is no solid being here or anywhere. It's both exhilarating and heartbreaking at the same time. And if even using the, the one of the original lies is there is such a thing as time. You have to do something about it. So this is what we're doing. More? Yes, sir. Is having a willingness to let concepts rule a misunderstanding? No. You really don't have any say so about it as far as letting. So that's that's the that's the the word there that's just going to catch you. I'm just letting because you you'll kind of repeat that. It's it's more difficult than that. Not that that's so easy, it's, but it's not a, just let. It's like uh, you, you won't hear me say, at least not if I do it, I don't say it much, just just let go. I might say, watch how you hang on, but don't necessarily let go because then we do it conceptually. We just let con concepts or let something, then we're, then, then the, the, the thinking mind is sliding into the, in front of the awareness so that you're no longer exposed by the complete unknowing that is in front of you. We don't know what this is unlikely that we ever will know. More? Don't stop. Okay, then stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> did you stop? What happened? Did you, did you let go? No. What happened? What did happen? Seriously, what is it? Spit it out. What is it? Other word. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I couldn't, if I knew I couldn't do this, I would be embarrassed and terrified to be up here if I knew anything at all. Yes. You said earlier that we, you were talking about how we close down on basic spaciousness. Yes, with concepts. If the situation is basically spacious, I mean, how, how can we close down on it? Like, what, what is actually closing? Just the illusion that there's someone who can stop or start or think this way or think that way or move in this direction or stop outflowing any kind of um, conceptual relative truth area. And some people are extremely adept at working in that area extremely good at working with relative truth 
just relativity in general, but it's unreal. It's there and we use it, but it's not the fundamental understanding is nothing is separate from anything else. If you realize that, then it's, it's not even a that. It's like there, and it's been teachers down through the centuries have tried to, who have understood something and tried to say something about it, realize as soon as they start to say something about it, they're, they're reinforcing the very illusion. They are encouraging others to see through that they're seeing through, but there's no self seeing it. There's no being seeing it. Take your question further if you can. Kelsey. Uh, are there times where concepts are helpful in seeing the openness or the spaciousness? Yeah, yes, yeah. We're not trying to get rid of concepts, just be aware when it's being used to, to, you could say, prevent you from seeing deeper into a situation, sometimes called a conclusion. If you can, don't come to conclusions, but impossible to not come to conclusions. They're just happening all the time. But if you if you try to put a tether on that, hold back on that a little bit, and that that just using a visual idea there allows you to see the spaciousness around the conclusion. So just and, and actually seeing that you can't stop concluding um, is uh, is awareness. It's not you haven't lost anything, you haven't failed at anything, and and, and in that way you you get closer to seeing the, the unreality of an identity that would even hang on to something. More? Don't stop. Uh, any other, especially questions in that area, if you have them, please. And Valley, you you mentioned uh, to prevent you seeing from seeing deeper into a situation. What is the the deeper into a situation? From the point of view of uh, what is being looked at or examined or studied or uh, Q&A about here is the fundamental nature of what this is that, we're, that looks like a relative situation where you can come and go. There's a building, there's doors, there's eyes, nose, tongue, body, mind, hands. We have the illusion of moving around in space. So to go deeper into that is to look at anything that looks like a solid being or person and notice the way you project onto them, project onto me as a teacher or as a teacher that is a very good teacher, a teacher that's coming apart or getting dementia. Or look at your partner and, and see that you're, there's a projection. You don't actually see who that is. You actually are looking at, at a, a facade. That, that you've created, that you're creating. When I say you, I'm saying the consciousness is there's really no identity doing that. But the consciousness, part of the consciousness, you could say it this way, is wrapped up in a ball of self-centeredness or narcissism or, or paranoia or worried about what else is going to happen, going to come or going to go. And sometimes that fear is so intense that we don't even know we're afraid. Most of the world does not know that they are operating out of fear, fear of death, Fear of dissolution, fear of coming apart, fear of being judged, fear of on and on. More? Ian Bowling, I'm wondering if at some point projections, even though they may be negative and and we're well, they're just not pleasant. I'm wondering when 
when do projections become pleasant? Do they come become pleasant at some point? They could. Pain and pleasure go back and forth and sh shift places and sometimes something that seems very ple pleasurable if you do too much of it gets painful. I'm sure we all have examples of that. Overdoing anything you get painful, but maybe that's not what you're asking about. Being bowing, do, do negative projections become pleasurable? Like what? Or when, when do they? Well, <laughs> yes. You, talk, you mentioned when we have projections on people, things, and situations, and they're, they're negative, and we're caught up in them, and they're, yes. we torture ourselves with those. We do. Will those projections become enjoyable at some point when they're seen through? Perhaps. I think I'm following you, but there's no, no guarantee of any kind of outcome in anything. The important thing is to see it, the awareness is to see that you're projecting. You you may stop, you may not, but you may realize that those projections don't belong to anyone. That the projecting may still go on, but there's no projector anywhere. How is that said in the in the sadhana? Projections are not your own, or I can't remember how it's characterized. And so is what you just described the idea of being in the front row of the movie theater? Yes, you're sitting in the front row and there's a stage of your mind is in front of you and you just watch it. And occasionally you notice that because of the, the energy or the, the hope and the fear, the passion, the aggression, the ignorance that is happening with the characters, your thought patterns, your ideas, your imputation of someone you're talking to or you're going to talk to tomorrow and all of that, you can get drawn right into it. You lose, to use the conventional word, you, you, you lose your objectivity but you just have left the objectivity of to continue to use that metaphor the front row of the theater is pretty objective so suddenly you find yourself as one of the characters and that's also awareness and just seeing that would put you in the front row to continue to use that image it's not necessary to maintain it it's always about returning to it More? Ian Dowling, I'm thinking of these balls of consciousness that you've been describing for a while now. And this metaphor of being in the front row, um, when you when you see yourself getting on stage, is is that engaging in in that that wad? <laughs> I don't know if you can you can you can know that you're in the front row. And you can know that you're on stage, but I don't see if you can, I don't know if you can see yourself moving onto that. That's the part that's difficult. So, and why? Because they're not different from each other. If they are, then we're right back to there's a relative self who can somehow become enlightened and be in the front row forever. Something like that. Thank you. You're welcome.
Sure. Gina, my, it, it just came to me, the line is, I've become fooled enough to think that I possess my own projections. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, from the sadhana of Mahabudra. There's some powerful lines in that sadhana. I possess my own, that, I, they, that, that these are that these are my thoughts, my ideas, as if there's somebody there. Yes, sir. Um, how do concepts trick us into thinking something that's pleasurable is painful and something that's painful is pleasurable? I, I just think that, that it's, although you described it very simply, I just think it's just, a, it's, it's very seductive into getting us to try to figure it out or think about how that happened and how we did that. And it's not that that, that doesn't have relative value, but the fundamental understanding is just to see what this is. Right now, just see what this is. And this is why we practice sit down, hold still, face the wall. So that we're training our mind to, to whatever shows up, don't accept it, don't reject it, and don't ignore it. That's how. And it takes a long time. It takes a lot of returning to the wall, returning, in our case here, returning to the three jewels. You wouldn't have to have the three jewels or even sitting meditation. But probably need to do something to train your mind. Otherwise, the circus of the world will just, it'll just put you to work. As soon as you see it, you're immediately on this ride or that ride, or you're running this machine or that machine, or you're taking down the tents, or you're putting the tents up, or you're loading on the train. I'm using images from uh, the first time I saw a circus that came uh, to town on a train. Quite interesting. Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Very good image for the world, except the violence of it is left out. Those are good. Those are good bowing. You were describing earlier the fall leaves and saying that there's just so much going on that we wouldn't even be able to necessarily be aware of. Yes. Um, do we use concepts to kind of try to get control over all that sensory input that's happening all the time? Yeah, yes, we name. We name or we, as soon as something happens that uh, emotional, that is uh, challenging or difficult, we might come right on top of that with ideas about what's who did it. The why question is all just practically immediate trigger. If we have any kind of feeling happening, even if it's a simple feeling like a stomach ache, why am I having it? We immediately look at Various things, not enough water. I, I ate too much, uh, uh, too many bowls of uh, cereal. Just we look for why we are entrained into this relative uh, situation, which which works relatively, and we we do have a relative dynamic that's happening. My hands are moving in this relative area that is an illusion, as far as fundamental reality, but is real relatively. Things do come and go. More. That was a good mind. Question's not exactly clear, but if the basic situation is spaciousness and there's lots of sensory input, is the sense claustrophobia in that the concepts? It might, there might be some structure there about the claustrophobia, but thinking around it that tightens up that up and plugs all the holes and everything so nothing can get in because your your dynamic is so powerful. Some people are extremely are born with just the ability to think circles around the rest of us. And I'm not one of them. 
at all. You might say, well, that's obvious. But I, I don't think, I mean, I think some, but most of what I, the reason I'm in this position and you're out there is I'm looking at something. When I say I'm looking at something, uh, you, you call it a realization or awakening or enlightenment or and none of those rooms, words really seem to fit anything. So I don't really even know what it is other than the words I've been using for a long time. It's not separate. I don't see anyone else. So it's it's uh, the traditional expression of that. It's empty of other. Uh, first, there needs to be, speaking of it in a linear way, it needs to be some insight that there isn't anyone here. And if there isn't anyone here, then, then you continue to go and eventually you see, continue to practice. That won't give you enough confidence to set up here. As far as I'm concerned, you have to see that there isn't anyone out there. I'm not saying there isn't something there, but it is an illusion. It is unreal. And it's this, this unreal. It's this unreal. Ah. Would I make a good actor or you think I should not give up my day job? <laughs> I mean, it's like that. I'm not going to do that or no one should do that, but it's like that kind of emotion is it can be very very intense at the same time you might have been practicing for 20 or 30 years and with the idea that you must be improving getting better maybe not it's a spiritual path not the mundane path of accomplishing anything yes please that's a good bowing what i want to know is if the fundamental situation is spaciousness and there's all the sensory input yes. showing up all the time. What is the misunderstanding that that's overwhelming? That space. This is space. This is space. That everything you see is space. There isn't anything. It has to be seen. And if it's seen, then you're at the mercy of everything. You're, there's no longer a being here called Mozuku or Jessica. No, no, no longer never was, but now you realize that that's the case. And you begin to function in a very ordinary way. You wouldn't stand out in a crowd. More? Are you saying the misunderstanding is thinking the sense that what's coming in through the senses is real? That's, yes. You have this thinking that that's a real to hitting a real tabletop and relatively it is but the relative truth see how people who are working with relative truth trying to control it see how that doesn't work and we end up murdering each other or at least making our each other's lives very difficult just by making assumptions about that there's a separate person who has a separate feeling about that or you shouldn't do that or you should do this it's it, it I don't know if you could say it boils down, but it comes down to a very simple situation of self and other. This is unreal. We have to see it. Otherwise, we just we fight and we hurt each other. Sometimes just a pinch, something like that, but still painful. More? Questions will help here if you can come in. I don't, I don't really know what to say. Yes, sir. Is the desire to see through the concepts other than trying to get rid of the concepts? Yes, that's the path. 
trying to get rid of it is buying it as some kind of mercantile uh, where you can, or merchandising, where you can tit for tat. You can, if I give this, I'll get that. If you do this, I'll get that. If I do this process, then this will happen. And this, a lot of spiritual paths in particular, Buddhism is full of all kinds of processes, some of it, especially Vajrayana, but also um, Zen, Chan Buddhism, Buddhism way back to the time of the Buddha is full of methods or ways to approach this, including a sitting practice of meditation. So it is about, again, it's about the awareness of what is coming and going. So you can actually see it. It's like it's very much like watching a, a movie. A movie it seems very very real. You're entrained by it. You believe it. You believe in the movie. And if it's a really good movie, you even kind of forget you're in the room because you're kind of identifying with those characters in there. And when they, when they're in danger, you can kind of feel. So you, at the same time, you know that it, you're in danger. At the same time, you know it's a movie. That's a good example of non-dual in the mind streams watching a movie. Wouldn't you say? Or would you see it differently? Further question? It just seems like wanting to see through the concepts is still wanting something else. So I'm just wondering how that's a different dynamic from wanting the concepts to go away. It's, it's just uh, the singularity of it helps because not only do you want to see this, but you are willing to waste a lot of your ego's time sitting and facing a wall. Ego does not like that. Because you're sitting and you're watching something and the ego in some way will try to get some kind of strategy around why you should sit differently, have a different technique, uh, or you're sitting too much, sitting in the wrong posture, on, on all kinds of elaborations on the simple thing of sit down, hold still, observe. That's what it is. No matter what arises. No matter what. It's a big mouthful right there. Because, well, no matter what, does that mean if my knee hurts, I shouldn't get up or move around? You should get up and move around. More about that if you have it. What do you mean by the singularity of it? Of meditation? You said the singularity of, I wasn't sure if it was the intention. intention. Yeah, the intention. The, 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 the intention, which is, uh, is our way of talking about it, is a vow. A vow to... It's expressed in a couple of different ways, many ways, but the two that I talk about here is the vow to save all beings, which is the personalizing it, and the vow to be with all things, which means whatever shows up, you're there. You're not objecting to it. You're not agreeing with it. You're not believing it. You're not disbelieving it. You're not ignoring it. It's just awareness, awareness. It's just like being the room in which the things come and go. You see the things come and go, but you're, you don't clamp down on any of them. You don't identify with them. You don't disidentify with them and you don't ignore them. Therefore, you begin to see that it is an illusion. More? Good. Thank you. Other questions? I have a few minutes if there are any. Yes. Cheese on bowing. Yes, sir. How do we include the vow of, of others in all of these practices and activities vowing? You mean the vow to be with all things? Like what role does that play in, in our practice and these, in these intentions vowing? 
So I'm making some of an, an assumption about what you're trying to know or find out. And I'm going to say that anything that arises in front of you, whether it's a, an event, uh, a tree fell over in the backyard or your lawnmower won't start, anything that's an event uh, is, is just received. You just receive it. You know, some kind of a discursive thought or analysis may show up around it and receive that. And the same thing as if a person walks around the corner, runs, walks into the living room where you're standing and presents you with any kind of dynamic whatsoever, maybe scolds you for what you forgot to do for them. Uh, anything that shows up is you receive that. So that that's the way. Am I getting close, or you have a if you have a specific question, help me out here, help us out. Jeez, I'm buying. Should there be any intention to bring ease into the lives of others? Bring what? Ease. Of course, bring ease or kindness or uh, serenity or whatever you can do, but it has to be, the person has to be ready for that. So, and, and the identity, we need to look and see if we're trying to get an identity out of, we might have some, be accomplished and be able to not be quite at the mercy of our own causes and conditions, giving us a hard time. And we might be able to make that gesture towards others, but we need to find out if that's, if that is complete generosity, rather just the, the first, uh, um, the first of the uh, the six farmitas, if it's complete, if it's complete, there's no one getting credit for it. There's no, you don't care whether it works or it doesn't work. It's just totally giving yourself to that other, that person, that situation, that kindness. Without, it's, it's like you. It's like every time you see a person with a with a cardboard sign, uh, you 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 help them, or this is the other form, or you don't because you're so clear about who you are and what is in front of you that you're you find you might help that person in one situation and might not help that person in the next situation and not be able to put any words to it at all explain you cannot write a book about that if you do then we're right back to a high level of relative truth where we're trying to do good and not do harm uh in the the three pure precepts of do good don't do good don't do harm and be with all things <laughs> Uh, if I have that correct. And then uh, with some kind of a saying, see, this is how I know I did that, or I know I'm doing that. So I, I, if I, am I closer? Is there yes, I'm it seems in my questions included, it's almost like, how do I tolerate others? And rarely is it, how can I be kind to others in the midst of my own negativity? I, I think that some of the to uh, tolerance for others uh, comes in uh, not, no longer trying to, um, get rid of your own suffering. Uh, a willingness, I could say, to just completely suffer forever. And and see if you can do that, then when people present that part of the dynamic that you're referring to is how do I tolerate that? Then you don't just see what it, the otherness of what you're trying to tolerate, the polarity of it. You see deeply into it. And you see how much they're suffering and how much they cover up their suffering by their activity by their threats to you or their dismissal of you or any any way they treat you, that's the way. Because if they see what this is, they would never, 
they're not separate from you. So they would never be dismissive of anything, even without the vow, if they saw it. But it's unlikely they will see what they're covering up through the self-centered narcissistic uh, aspect of the paranoid consciousness that is afraid or operating out of fear more. Jeez, I, I feel like this is going to be a little bit convoluted, but I know what so. to ask. <laughs> it feels like so often any one of us may decide how to act based on how we feel. So because the feeling of kindness is not there, we just say, well, I don't have to be kind because it's not genuine. Mm-hmm. And just the most basic level of kindness, is there any intention to, to be kind regardless of how we feel about kindness? Bowen. Yes. Jeez, I'm bowing. What can we take our lead from when our emotions or thoughts don't align with kindness? Here it comes. Do it anyway. That non-aligning with uh, kindness is uh, Jabberwocky. It's ego commentary. Ego does not want to be seen. And even if it's uh, if we've been looking at ego and we've suddenly seen with ego, as they would say in the 1940s, your slip was showing. They used to call that a Freudian slip. Your slip is showing. In other words, uh, and ego does not want that to be seen. It will it will manifest powerful kindness or lack of kindness and justify it or validate it by some kind of thought process around that. Am I getting close? Yeah. Yeah. She's on yeah, Go ahead. Uh, how do we work with this feeling that tr- kindness should be transactional? Like someone should have to deserve our kindness. So that's going to show up, uh, and especially in the early stages. When I say early, I mean the first several years of practice of intense you know, sitting practice. It's going to be different for each person, depending on the karma that you showed up and your consciousness was downloaded into this particular body-mind complex. Uh, so I, I just... Uh, just receive it as it is rather than rather than push it away or try to act differently than what that is. It will, it will work itself out as long as you return to prioritizing the awareness rather than what arises in the awareness, because what arises in the awareness is, has a relative construct that supports that other relative construct, which is belief in a personal self that can be right or be wrong or can live or can die and all that more. Not yet, thank you. Those good ones, please. Don't hold back. Thank you. Yes. Ian Bowing, on that, I'd like to use my job as a nurse as an example of of a place where I maybe be kind, even though I don't want to, I do it anyways. Um, there seems to be some sort of like pain that can come along with that, that doing it anyways, that being kind when you don't want to. What is that pain almost like? Yeah, what is that pain that comes along with that? Just pain. Probably more than likely is tied in with that, the area of consciousness that is, uh, we call ego, self-centeredness. Quite often that'll turn into a commentary on, well, they don't really deserve it. Look how they're treating me. Or if they're going to treat me like that, how can they expect me to be this and this? We get into a whole uh, interior conversation with ourselves about that. And if it's just the pain, then that's awareness. But if you leave the pain for what caused it, we're right back to relative truth. Pain, life is suffering. And if you want to give it a story, then welcome to samsara. And this is a ship of fools. And they're all over the, it's not that the fools are foolish, they're insane. 
and we're hurting each other everywhere. And you can't go jump into the middle of that, as I've said recently, into that landslide, which started thousands, millions of years ago. You can't jump in the middle of that and, with a, and protest against it just because you see that it's incorrect or unkind. You could, but might better, not only might better, but from my perspective, I'd say just train your mind. You're not separate from any of those, anybody in the landslide or any of the landslide itself. Train your mind so you see it clearly. So you're, whatever shows up, you're not, you're not going to war with it. Whatever shows up, you're not going to peace with it. War and peace. Don't, don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't ignore it. Realize your true nature, which is not separate from anything. More. Bowing. Is that the kind of suffering that you're encouraging us to go into? Like the kind of pain that arises when, for example, being kind when you don't feel like it? Yes. We don't really, it's not even your suffering. There's no personhood there. So when you realize that the suffering you've been going through isn't, isn't, uh, there's no one getting a credential from that. There isn't anyone there. It's just suffering. It's dependently risen. So it's the, the, the source, the direction, the momentum. Uh, you, you see it, but you don't do anything with it. You don't conclude things about it so that you can possibly get rid of it or blame someone for it. Even though there's a relative, I, I sometimes say, I don't know if I've given a talk on this, but um, even if somebody's actually um, offended you or hurt you or obstructed you, uh, you can't really use that. If you use that, then you're buying right into that system which literally billions, billions of people that live by that. It's not wrong. It's just the relative world of right and wrong. But it's not the spiritual path transcends this, transcends everything. More. Yes, sir. Jeez, I'm bowing. Can we still use relative knowledge to end an abusive situation or where you're being taken advantage of? Oh, completely. Yeah, don't misunderstand. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, you'll be more clear about that. You won't, you won't have an either or, you just won't do it. If you see someone functioning in a way that is abusive, if, you, if you're having to think and resist, should I, should I interfere? If you're into either or, then I would say that you're, the best way to spend your time there is probably in front of a wall so you can stop making assumptions about what, who this is and what that is. Because that's the that's the, the basic distress, this duality. But if you see some, if you're clear and you see what this is, you won't hesitate to stop someone uh, abusing someone else or someone from abusing you. you. Won't talk to them anymore. Might cut the ties. You, any number of things could show up more. Again, I know this is maybe a bit convoluted, but in my work with the community. The relationships um, that I see sometimes are abusive, but the one being abused is so confused about maybe this is love or maybe this is appropriate. So I'm wondering how one would work with a situation where it's not clear, but because you've been told that you're confused about about a situation. 
Give me the basic question. I know it's a convoluted question. It is, but I'm, I'm interested in responding if I can. Maybe I can't be helpful, but it I will It feels try. like your responses are really helpful for those of us that are in, in some sort of sane relationships to our communities and to our worlds. Yes. But how do we talk to somebody and get, empower them to make a decision or to, to see what is clear when they're constantly being told that their thoughts, feelings are invalid? Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> you came up with a question. Uh, I think, uh, let me say, I think, it, I'm, I'm looking at it, I don't know how much I'm thinking about it, but it looks like the, the high end, of it, it's, 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 a, it's a high end of the relative area uh, of, of, of trying to figure something out. So it's already ready to flip into another angle or another dimension. And that's why it's necessary to just common way to say this is hold your seat just observe don't do anything about it if it's showing up the way you describe it it's just about hold your seat just observe just whatever shows up just receive am i getting close or and that's would that be the instruction for me as the objective or third party relating to whether it's one of the teens down in the library or anywhere else out in the community so again, or maybe the first time, you can't set up a standard there. I mean, we want one. Any of us who are suffering in, in a situation where there's, where the particular milieu that we're in could be a relationship with one other person, uh, any of that, it, just, it can get extremely confusing. And uh, of course, the confusion uh, from the point of view of, uh, of, of deep understanding, it's, it's, not, it's not confusion, it's wisdom. And what, what is the wisdom? It's seeing, receiving that situation. It's very easy for the some uh, aspect of the self-centeredness to come back in there and tr try to make uh, uh, make sense out of it. Well, you can't do that because that'll show that you're you're caving into them, or you can't do that, or that'll show that you're uh, that you're um, uh, going along with their craziness or their neurosis or something. Is it? You follow me? So. I would say in that situation, as I'm understanding what you're asking about, less is better. But that doesn't mean you stop looking at them, listening to them. You might even ask more. If I'm, I'm trying to come up with some kind of a scenario around that, you might even ask more about that. Personalize it a little bit more to that if it's an individual. Is that what you're? Yeah. Just try to personalize it a little bit more. How, how 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 is that showing up for you? Can you describe it in a different way? Can you, I often say, can you paraphrase yourself? It's not that I didn't hear what you said. It's just that I want to hear if you heard what you said. Because quite often I get questions that are just questions. They aren't coming out of someone's actual wanting to know something. I'm not saying you're doing that. <laughs> is that where you went with it? <laughs> no. Good. Yes, sir. Um, can we see if we're giving someone ease versus just giving into their demands? So they've got a polarity right there, giving into their demands. So that's a pretty strong character there. To give I'm not going to give into your demands anymore. I've had it. So I, help me a little bit with this because 
That sounds like a setup. <laughs> I'm thinking of um, feedback I've gotten as a functionary is like to have interviews with people and to ask for feedback, but that doesn't necessarily mean we need to do what they're asking. So they might think that it would make their lives easier if I just did what they were saying, but I might not do that. Okay. What's the question? I, I guess the question is, what is it to put some ease into someone's life? Sure. The simple, the only response that's coming up for here from, from me is that don't, don't meddle with them. Allow them to have respect for people's uh, confusion or suffering. You may see that they're confused, they're misunderstanding, but they're, that confusion, that misunderstanding that is coming up as a form of some kind of a structure or an opinion or a judgment or evaluation or a description of how you were wrong or whatever, uh, that's especially if you're seeing that they're not really seeing what this is, uh, it's probably just a cover up that protects them from their own fear their own uh, just fear of the unknown, fear of emptiness, fear of being nobody, fear of being unappreciated, all of the, the various other things that could be uh, pointed at there. So uh, the, the ease that is, is being act, a, asked about there is probably not something you can particularly give to somebody but you could at least not make things more difficult. They're already having enough difficulty uh, witnessed uh, or by that they're trying to shovel that some of that your way, blame you for how they're feeling by accusing you of this or that. And there might, there might be some enough relative structures in there where they could actually do that. And that you might've actually stepped on their toe at some point or said something or some, uh, made some comment on something about them that may have some relative truth or maybe from their point of view, may be relatively incorrect. How dare they say that kind of thing? They don't even know me. So they may be coming back that, and so it starts giving them any, any kind of ease to maybe the best thing to do is don't fight. Don't go to war. Don't go to peace. Take no position. And that quite often shows up as, as a practitioner, as how you can't help but take a position. That's also awareness. It's not failure. It's a spiritual path. Every, everything you see show up on, is, is a rock on the side of that mountain. It's not failure. The awakening itself is going to feel more like failure. You get to the top and you start to fall. And as has been said way before I got here, it's like falling, but what's different about it is you don't hit bottom. There's no bottom. How do we receive um, the stuff that's being shoveled toward us, towards us when we see that it's that that's what's happening? Just with with kindness. This is a, you might get close to the idea of ease. There, it's if you say thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. You don't have to do that to them to try to get some kind of credential where they can see how kind and wonderful and generous and humble you are, but you might do it in your own mind stream. You might, you might look, and I mean this seriously, you might look right in their eyes and say that, say, and when I say say that in your own mind stream, not out loud, look right in their eyes and say that. You might also drop your, your gaze a few inches down below their eyes 
Am I giving you a, a standard or a technique? No, I'm, this is a way of talking about it. You might not do any of this, but it's, it's about softening up in, in relationship to, some, to an energy that's coming and wants to attack you because it's afraid. They, they don't know, someone who attacks you, they don't know they're afraid. Gang members or maf- mafioso or all the, the people that follow crazy people in the world or don't know that they're getting some protection out of worshiping uh, the big guy, whoever it's, whether it's the one up there or the one across the room sitting in a courtroom. More about that if you have it. Let's go. Go there. Time's up. No, time's not up. Go ahead, keep going. Uh, I don't have a question, just an acknowledgement that I see that when someone shovels stuff my way, my I, I'm already trying to shovel it back to them. Like, no, this is yours, this is yours. Get take it back. Yeah, me too. That's all I know about it. Nothing has to change. If you think something has to change, ego is totally on board with that. It would get right back on the train that it just fell off from because you're sitting facing a wall. Everything starts to fall off. And then you get, get you leave the wall and you go back into your everyday life. And then the self-centered part of the mind gets right back on and starts protecting you from this crazy world and all the people who are wrong or abusing you. Yes, sir. How, how can I both shovel it back to them, but keep my mouth shut? Yeah, awareness, awareness, awareness. Awareness, you won't know what to do, but you whatever you're doing, whether it's sitting still or whether it's actually um, telling somebody that, uh, um, that they're, they're incorrect, that they misunderstand what's happening, which you could do that. I, I doubt that you're going to do it with a uh, with some kind of a threat or something, but you, you may say that to someone. If there's a lot of emotional rumbling coming along, probably should not do much. Because then there could be a lot of fire coming out. More. Especially anyone that hasn't asked a question. Take maybe. Go ahead. If there is no bottom when we are falling, does it mean that we are falling forever? I wouldn't get too outrageous about it. There is no forever. I mean, it's a concept, of course. Well, you could say if that helps you, then use that one. Or you could say 5,000 years you're falling. Or 108 years. You see what I'm saying? When I'm saying falling forever, when you start to, everything starts to fall apart, as Coben uh, was, uh, when he translated the Heart Sutra mantra, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do, everything all at once. It's, It's that same kind of, everything comes apart and there's nobody left. And yet you've got all these feelings and emotions still running this way and that way, looking for a self, looking for a person that feels that way. An odd combination of things. Is, is, it, is that enlightenment? Is that awakening? I have no idea. I, I don't know when someone way before I got here starts talking about enlightenment or awakening or realization. Maybe. I don't know. 
it looks like what was being when I study the teachings, it looks like what was being pointed at by my teacher, by both of them, and other teachers down through the centuries. Sometimes teachers down through the centuries don't the way they present this uh, isn't isn't particularly the way that I would uh, say or look at it. But it's not something we we attain or some kind of state of mind where suddenly we um, we no longer have any difficulty with anything. Very good. I think we can close. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokukoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.